It's official. Disneyland finally has a reopening date. And believe it or not, that's not even the most exciting thing we're going to talk about today. That and more on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to another fun-filled episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave. We've been spending the week trying on different Tron light cycle suits. They're skin tight, guys. They're skin tight suits. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Ew. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company as always, though, his opinions are fully his own. So, Henry, I got two words for you, Double H. Customer satisfaction. (laughs) Okay. If, you know, you're hanging around at work, if Disney CEO Bob Chapek were to tell you Just swing by your desk, say, hey, believe it or not, Disney park guests are generally more satisfied now than they were before the pandemic. Would you believe him? Probably. You think so? Yeah, I think you take something away from somebody and then you give it back or give back a little bit. You appreciate a bit more what you what you had and now have back. It's that relative appreciation. Yeah, I hear you. It's not that the offerings are any different, just that people are are happy to be back. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. I did see, I mean, of course, as you, so this was something he actually talked about, announced at some, I think it was a call or something that he did in an interview, but he had said, yeah, you know, believe it or not, Disney Park guests, they're more satisfied now than they were before the pandemic. Um And of course, as you can imagine, Disney park internet goers had a field day. (laughs) Are you kidding me? No way. Costs more for getting less masks. Uh, Yeah. More IP, less original rides. Yeah. You know, same, same old stuff, same old stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I got a kick out of that. (laughs) Like, I wonder when he was talking about that. I mean, certainly, you know, it's, this is all like investor focused, but Part of me always thinks like, man, is he just thinking like, you know, he's just going to rile up, rile up those, uh, those Disney park fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that like in our family, they always consider like if you're starving and somebody gave you like that, uh, like a McDonald's cheeseburger, that'd be the best cheeseburger you've ever had for a while, <laughs> at least until you've like hit that point where you're no longer starving and you had time to eat something better but before that it's the best cheeseburger you've had in forever so yeah it's given them an opportunity to uh to once again become kind of like a bright shiny new object right yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see see how it goes going into the 50th and everything like that yeah i mean it's it's all those things too is that you know you're getting people in who who've been like cooped up forever and they're finally getting to the park. So yeah, they're like super psyched for it. Um, 
And, you know, to be fair, there's still, you know, there's probably still a lot of people out there who, who legitimately feel like it's, it's an awesome experience. So, and it is, I think for a while now, for a while, they're definitely going to have high satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I think it's more of a question of like, what does that even mean to you if you're Disney right now? I guess, I guess in the current environment that they're operating in. That uh, that people are generally satisfied, but it's hard to it's hard to take that feedback and and apply it to kind of a broader sense or a, a longer timeline. Yeah, right? I, I mean, it's just like everything else. Like at, with last year and even this year, like you take have to take everything with a grain of salt, and you can't really action on like any of that stuff. Any kind of feedback you're getting, you know, I you can you can use it you can keep it but i don't know if you want to really like move on anything that you would get as far as data wise because it it's everything has got that asterisk like would they be satisfied if they hadn't been cooped up for a year and the park had been closed and they're finally just getting out i don't know you know (laughs) try me try me next year and we're fully open, you know, it's because otherwise, you know, you're making those those decisions on like maybe not the cleanest data that you want to take. You know? Yeah, we'll do a larger deep dive in terms of uh, some more Disney stuff in a second here. But before all that, definitely wanted to touch on Halloween Horror Nights 30 at Universal Orlando. So we know that it didn't really happen last year. You know, it definitely will be happening this year. They've they've confirmed as much. And uh, what we don't know, though, is what all of these houses and scare zones and, and just all of the other details, the performances, what are all those going to look like? So we obviously have just a, a massive amount of hype. This is This is an anniversary year. It's always a big deal. It didn't happen last year, and I think there was a lot of anticipation built up for uh, 30, the 30th anniversary, which again was canceled because of the pandemic. Um, they did have a couple of those scare houses that they showed, but it re- really wasn't a Halloween horror nights thing. It was like, Hey, all right, here's a little, here's a little taste. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if nothing else, that's just built up a, a, an immense amount of hype and, and anticipation. And so a lot of it is based on just kind of rumors that are floating around. A lot of anticipation is based on yeah the few facts that we do have, but uh, but so far really the only thing that Universal has for sure confirmed to be at Halloween Horror Nights uh, in 2021 for Halloween Horror Nights 30 is that Beetlejuice house that we saw for it was like a weekend that they that they previewed it during last year. But if you go on the website right now, it is the only kind of square for Halloween Horror Nights 30 that isn't coming soon. Hmm. So that for sure is back, which is kind of exciting, right? Like that feels like that's kind of like a fun haunted house that they can uh, they can build off yeah, of. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things that, you know, it's it's creepy. It you know, I it could be scary, but it could be it there's a lot of fun potential to it. So, yeah, I think that one's a, that's a good, good keeper. Yeah. They, they, they always try to have, it 
seems like anyway, they always plan around having kind of a, a balance of just kind of like real kind of gory horror over the top kind of haunted houses. But then they also have these IP um, kind of other franchises that they either borrow or kind of have under the universal umbrella that, uh, that are kind of like big splashy premieres, right? Like, Previously, it was Ghostbusters was the big premiere that they had, or Stranger Things, or uh, they did a Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They did a Scare Zone and a House for that. That was that was good times. So they 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 have these splashy ones that yeah aren't are definitely not like the Ghostbusters House from what I saw was not uh, was not v- super heavy on the horror as much as it was kind of like recreating scenes from the movie that were kind of fun to look at and check out and see. And then, yeah, a few jump scares along the way. So I, I it seems like that's most likely what Beetlejuice is, uh, is going to be. I'm a real big fan of that franchise. There are a couple of uh, sort of previews. I think there's even a few, maybe not so official uh, walkthrough videos too of that little preview that they had last year. Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm I'm really trying to hold out in the hopes that I'm able to see it in person. So, uh, so as to not be spoiled, but yeah, it's that's something to look forward to for sure. So we've got that, um, and in even though it's not, I guess, confirmed on the website, they did confirm last year after canceling how Halloween Horror Nights 20 that there was this other um, house called Puppet Theater Captive Audience. They had like previewed in some video that they said, hey, this is we're working on this for Halloween Horror Nights 2021. Um, so like I said, not listed on the website. So maybe they're waiting to do another kind of reveal. Maybe it's been canceled for some reason, but uh, but it seems like there's a good chance that that's going to pop up as well. We also have those other two houses that uh, did open last year the 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 two that were kind of running throughout the entire thing that they that I guess Universal just sort of threw out there to have something uh they had that Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and Bride of Frankenstein Lives both of which were pretty well received I mean again might be like what we were talking about with guest satisfaction where people were just happy to get anything mm-hmm. but uh but it seemed like what people were talking about was some really good positive feelings around that um, but then we also have a Twitter user by the name of at uh, HN Nightmares who did uh, a pretty good job, it seemed like, of combining a lot of the kind of more substantiated rumors that have been floating around into what they're referring to as a speculative map. So, um, so compared to previous years, it's definitely heavy on a lot of the reused scare zones and houses. There was like creep show. There was Texas chainsaw. So, uh, so yeah, those have been done before. So that's an interesting one. We'll see. It's, uh, there's the, the, um, there's the anniversary house. Uh, so usually it seems like there's a pretty good mix of original and retreads. I think there were two originals that, uh, we hadn't seen before. So, so we'll see. I mean, I guess that is believable given the fact that like, yeah, we're still not 100% sure what things are going to look like in terms of any kind of capacity limits for 
you know, theme parks, especially Universal, once we get to October, that's still a ways away. So not quite out of the woods with, uh, with, with this pandemic that we're currently in. So maybe that we're still in, you know, having some kinds of restrictions, maybe not, maybe things are opening up a little bit more. So maybe, maybe with that, they're trying to, uh, you know, be a little more reserved. Uh, but of course, again, like, uh, this, this is all rumors could completely not be true, could completely, uh, turn out to be just complete BS, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, that's kind of what was listed for that. Um, but yeah, man, Halloween Horror Nights 30, it, uh, it's happening. I think that's the biggest thing coming out of this is like, whoa, it's, we're, we're, we're actually going full steam ahead here. It feels weird after last year was canceled, but uh, it is something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I definitely think they're going to try and do it. They're going to probably go big. I, I would imagine it, it makes sense for them to like go all in since the vaccinations are happening now. Um, plus, they have to like combat. They're going to want to bring people. I mean, people are going to come over it regardless, but they want to make kind of a splash in news because, you know, Walt Disney World is going to be doing their uh, 50th anniversary. And I'm sure they're going to have some kind of Halloween uh, going on yeah. out there. So, so totally. they are going to, I mean, they have Halloween Horror Nights is pretty much all like Universal really has unless they open up like a new ride, but you know, their new, their new park of course is, is, is been delayed. So, um, I do have Velocicoaster in summer, yeah. but yeah, that's that, I mean, that'll still be new, but it, a different park than where Halloween or yeah. nights is. So it's, 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 I think they're going to definitely go big. You know, it's, it's kind of that time. I think the question more for me would be is like, what's going to happen over here at Hollywood. But when uh, this last week or so, when they did the uh, taste of universal, supposedly uh, they still actually had, I don't know if they never just never brought them down, but they technically should have, (laughs) they actually still have like, they have Halloween horror night, like houses and stuff still up or up. I guess. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. So I don't know if they're just super early and preparing for it or what, you know, maybe they had put them up for Halloween last year and then they weren't able to open. So they just decided not to take them down. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. Super weird, man. Maybe I think my initial thought was like, maybe they hoped that, they could do some kind of special event that wasn't like, you know, a theme park, but almost like a taste of, uh, almost like a touch of Disney or a taste of universal kind of food festival, but kind of haunted house focused, no rides, limited capacity, maybe a kind of event like that. Yeah, that was, I agree. That's weird because like, let's say they open in, uh, they haven't announced what their opening kind of, you know, reopening plan is, but so they open in May or June. Uh, that's a long time to go before uh, Halloween hits again. Yeah. So maybe they do like uh, instead of doing like Christmas in the summer, they do Halloween in the summer. <laughs> yeah. It would be a, a way to bring people in and notice. But uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's something they 
really need to do because as soon as they open up, people are just going to flood that park as much as they can. Yeah. So for sure. Mm. Definitely. And, and I mean, what they do have uh, a new ride that they can mm-hmm. pretty much, I mean, that, that uh, secret life of pets ride that they had was pretty much done, right? Like they had press previews that were rolling through it. Uh, so, I mean, for all intents and purposes, that ride is good to go. And so, you know, that they're, they're going to be ru- using that as a draw to, uh, to bring some additional people in. I mean, unless they're really going to just have a, a completed ride just sitting there waiting for larger capacity. I mean, that, that seems a little weird, but I'm, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe they just want a big splash when it does open or the biggest splash possible. But yeah, man, for, uh, I think you're making a really good point with, uh, with Halloween or nights, definitely they're going to have some stiff competition, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the Disney parks that are going to be going big. Uh, and you know, if we've seen, if, if we've seen one thing from universal during this kind of reopening period, they're definitely a lot more brash and maybe run and gun in terms of their overall plans and, and just the, it's not really risk taking, but you know, Disney's been uh, been quite a bit more reserved when it has come to just how they've been slowly reopening, right? Like, pretty much as soon as they were able to reopen, Universal was like, bang, 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 here we go, man, we're open. Come on, you know, come on, come all, we're doing this. And Disney was like, well, we'll see you in like a month. <laughs> we're slowly getting everything. We're getting these park passes and we're getting all of our policies in place and our capacity is going to be reduced. And Universal's just been like, yo, as soon as we can expand out, we're expanding out. Like, here we go. Uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, they, they've been like, I think the, the kind of, um, the most sort of brash move that they've made was that when you had all of those annual pass holders at Disney world complaining about, just uh, how difficult it was to get reservations and just feeling, uh, uh, you know, not not particularly respected by Disney. Universal was like marketing heavily towards them uh, with these extra uh, promotions for their annual pass. They were trying to bring as many people over as possible that uh, that were that were unhappy with what was going on at Disney. So yeah, I mean they've been they've been pretty balls. Yeah. I, I- I know what you mean. It's it's not necessarily like we don't want to say that. I, I don't think it's accurate to call them risk takers, but they're definitely much more outgoing and uh, are are trying to just like, hey, you know, you can't go to Disneyland. You can't go to Disney World. You can come come visit us. We got you, we got you covered. And uh, and yeah. uh, I think yeah, they're definitely very much more outgoing and. And I guess they're, you know, they know kind of what they need to do to bring people in. And that's what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, that that's just better for, you know, us, you know, since, you know, they're willing to, as long as it's done safely, which it seems like they're, they're doing, I mean. Yeah. I have. What we yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> public I haven't facing, been there yeah. myself, but I mean, it. I haven't heard anything too terrible, which I think it's been kind of about the same thing across the board as far as theme parks go. But uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything bad come out of it. So yeah, well, and if nothing else, like we said, like it, it is like if they 
have we what we've seen from them so far is that man when it comes to Halloween Horror Nights especially a big anniversary one like this they have the ability to go big they're going to go big yeah. so you know unless something holds them back it's 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 happening it's going yeah, down it's it's interesting cuz especially when you bring this up cuz i was thinking about this the other day that uh when we uh me the wife and uh and her sister and cousin, we wind up being, we were at Universal Studios for the uh, Back to the Future, the the time when uh, Marty went to the future. And yeah. they didn't do anything about, they didn't promote that at all. They didn't do anything for that. So like, we, we wind up getting there and we're like, why are so many people like dressed up like, Back to the Future, and it was just like I just didn't really think about it because I'm terrible with numbers. I mean, uh, it's it's really bad. <laughs> like if I have to remember a date, it's generally kind of hard for me to remember the the date because it's a number. But um, so we were there, and I was just like, well, I guess it's like it's around Halloween, so I guess people are just dressing up for Halloween here. And then when we were on the tram ride and they're they like, yeah, this is the day that, you know, Marty goes to the future. And we finally caught up to that. And it's like, wow. Oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> Why didn't they like heavily promote this or at least try to do something to like, I mean, obviously the fans knew about it and they came out in droves to try and celebrate it. But I guess that was, yeah, it just seemed like they, you know, I, I think they're maybe finally figuring these things out in it now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was such a missed opportunity on their part. <laughs> Dude. See, when you said that, uh, that they didn't do a good job of advertising, I initially pictured that you guys were the ones that showed up in costume, ready to roll and everyone else looked at you like you were out of your minds. They were, hey, what are you doing? And you guys were like, you know, at a costume party, but like you had the wrong day for the, uh, the no, theme. No, no, no. <laughs> Would never happen. Henry always is ready to go, except for this, apparently. No, I, now, if you kn- had known ahead of time, you would have been ready to go, right? No. It would have been nice to know about it, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I enjoy, uh, I I really enjoy the Back to the Future movies. I'm not going to dress up like Marty McFly or Doc Brown or whoever. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. It just, it wouldn't look good on me. (laughs) Break out that killer Doc Brown impression that you have? Yeah, I don't have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) well man so henry you know what else is a go man disneyland is going to be reopening on april 30th man that is right around the corner it's uh it's really crazy to think that like a little over a month disneyland's gonna be back open now again just like last time we were talking still not very many details uh, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious. I know a lot of people in SoCal, especially getting a little anxious, trying to think about, well, how are we going to get tickets? We still have no idea, but what we do have are the revised California theme park guidelines, which gives us a little bit of an idea of exactly what we're 
going to be able to expect when those gates actually open. So the big ones include, it's only going to be open to California residents at first. This was something that we had kind of suspected. I think it was, uh, it was talked about maybe a little bit, but for sure, only California residents. A lot of questions, of course, exactly of, uh, how is that going to be determined? Are they going to be using IDs when it comes to making reservations or purchasing tickets? Are they going to be checking IDs at the gate? It's a good question. That seems like that would be really difficult. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe scan your ID. I, I don't know. It feels really weird uh, that they're going to be asking for everyone's ID when they make a purchase, but maybe that's what they're going to do. Um, but as part of that, they said that during that reservation process, the one thing that they will be checking and enforcing is that only groups of up to 10 people made up of three different households can be included in the same group and can be included on the same park pass. Again, there's no way that they're going to be able to enforce that. <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be honor systems. They're hoping that uh, you're limiting it to certainly 10 people they can enforce, not three households. So that is just everyone's got to be cool there, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be I, – I really don't know what they're going to do. They've, they've got a sign uh, – I imagine they're going to do something online with like needing like a uh, California address or something. and. I don't know if they're going to send you something or, or to verify that. Cause <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm sure they have something, but it's, it's not going to yeah. be easy. I just, I imagine with the fewer, the smaller um, crowd size, it'll be a little bit easier to kind of, kind of deal with but yeah it's it is gonna you know people are gonna people are gonna squeak uh sneak in somehow they're gonna oh they're yeah gonna get in or but that system's gonna be worked ragged man no doubt it's uh i feel sorry already for those phone operators that have to deal with the incensed person that made a purchase clicking that they've acknowledged that it's california residents only and then they realize that wait i actually live in I live in Arizona. I can't go. It'll be an interesting one. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. Uh, so we also have some details on attractions. So they have a they have a whole slew of specifics here, including that attractions can't be longer than fifteen minutes, which is an interesting one. Feels a little arbitrary, but uh, if there's one thing I have a little insight on it's how long some of these attractions last because uh, all I needed to do here was look at some of these ride videos that I've done and looked at the runtime for each of them. There were only a handful that exceeded 20 minutes. I think there were only two, in fact, that I counted. Rise of the Resistance would be one. This was an interesting one because Disneyland has confirmed, well... They specifically called out Rise of the Resistance as something that will be in operation. And so this was, this was, this, this is probably the one that like technically is over 17 minutes, but only if you're factoring in queue pre-shows 
and everything else. I have a feeling that they're going to get around Rise of the Resistance because technically, like that briefing with Ray, the uh, the kind of weight in that the big uh, uh, hangar, the transport ship, that's not going to be classified as a quote unquote ride. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not part of the ride. The ride is only the when you're when you're uh, when you get uh, boosted from the jail cell. But yeah, so that that good good guess because technically. That's 100% correct. Yeah, that's one. The other one, man, that, that's a tough one. Um, the riding on the Mark Twain would probably go. Yes, that is. So the the other two, I guess I didn't include Rise of the Resistance in my count previously. That's three. So yeah, the other two, Mark Twain was one. And the other is the railroad. If you're doing full loop. So both... Though Mark Twain, I guess, is a little different. That feels weird because it's like you're outside the entire time, wondering if maybe they can get around that with uh, if they're if they're limiting how many people are on because it's an outdoor attraction, or maybe not. I mean, I don't I don't think anyone's going to be super upset if the Mark Twain isn't running. That's that's one of those that like meh, you know. All right, take it or leave it. And the train is like it's only it's, I think it's almost like twenty minutes long. It's only that length, though, if you do the full Grand Circle mm. tour. Technically, you can get on and off at any at any point you choose, yeah. right? So I wonder if that that also maybe skirts around this fifteen minute uh, this fifteen minute time, you yeah. know, maximum. Yeah. It's an interesting one, though. So, but everything else, like so, like uh, Small World, clocked in at like. 13 and a half minutes. That was, that was pretty good. You know, uh, what was the other, what was the other really long one? I don't There's a couple that just really, cl- that, that were long and came close, but didn't quite hit it. So I, I think for the most part, the good news is almost everything is good to go in terms of that. I mean, but of course that really hurts like uh universal studios. Cause the tram tour is going to be over that. And that's, that's what That's they, true. they're known for. I mean, I can't imagine. I well, let's say this. I went to Universal Studios the first time me and Lori went to Universal Studios. We missed the tram tour. We did not go on it. I was <laughs> livid. I was so mad that we went. <laughs> was you know, not a no, good day. I was like, because we were like, you know, I just didn't like. It'd been a while since I'd been there and I didn't set up the times right to go to see the shows and and then still get down to the tram tour. And I think I think they said the last tram was at like four thirty and I think we were heading down there at like four twenty and just as we got up to the to go down to the trams, like so they're they're closed. We're not no more trams going out. So mad. Unbelievable. So mad. <laughs> Oof. Well, man. Yeah. That that'll be interesting. It because uh, that is definitely longer than twenty minutes. You don't have the ability to get on or get off at any point. And there are some some, I mean, lengthy ish indoor segments, right? Yeah. And so. but of course, there's it's outside so you're kind of outside so they may try and skirt around it mm. by saying hey you're outdoors most of the time and uh, it's gonna be interesting yeah yeah i don't know that'll be an interesting one 
definitely got to keep an eye on that. One would hope. One would hope that Universal has uh, has thought of that. But you know what? Maybe that's why they haven't announced their reopening date yet. They're trying mm, to figure that out. Good point, man. Mm, the other interesting one that's going to change the experience of a lot of these rides anyway. Not all of them, but 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 a few here. All queuing for all rides must be done outdoors with six feet of social distance. So immediately, of course, you have to think about the Indiana Jones ride, right? Yeah. Right? So much of that queue is uh, takes place indoors. And, you know, I think even more so, the other ride that I immediately thought of was Haunted Mansion. And we still are trying to figure out. We still, I'm still really curious. We have no idea how they're going to handle the uh, stretching room because in Orlando, it's a walkthrough, but you can't quite do that at Disneyland because it's a physical elevator that you actually use to get below those train tracks. So, uh, so I mean, but, but I could still see once that's solved, whether it's a limited amount of people going through or whether they have some other kind of side entrance to bring people in, if they're, you can manage that queue completely outside, but then once you enter the building, it's a, it's a walk on, right? Once you enter the show building, um, you could still do that with Indiana Jones as well. But man, that is a long walk. <laughs> that is a long walk for a uh, for a hop on. But uh, you know, if you think about it, all the pretty pretty much almost all the big big rides have a some form of indoor queue, at least in Disneyland. Mm. Uh, I think California mm. Adventure is a little bit better on that in that capacity because most of those queues are outside except for uh soaring has that part where you're indoors but most of the other queues are outside and for the most part uh in california adventures monsters and cast some inside um but yeah like uh, yeah because over in disneyland you still have like star tours indoor yeah. you have uh, Buzz Lightyear blasters, you know, you have. And for both of those, like a majority of the queue is indoor mm-hmm. as well, right? It's not, it's not quite as like lengthy as the Indiana Jones, but yeah, it's still that same situation. Like there is not, I guess maybe with Buzz Lightyear, there's a little bit more, but still there's not a ton of physical queue space. Now I'm guessing that the 15% capacity is going to help, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Those are some big ones. Roger Rabbit also, like there's n- almost no outdoor queue for that. Yeah. And that one, you actually want to look at the queue. You don't want to just, you you want to walk through because there's so much. Yeah. That's that's one of those queues that you just, oh, I love just looking at all the the, the detail in that. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, you're indoors for a bit on that one. Yeah, that that's a little bit easier to manage still because they have all of that outdoor queue space. But yeah, it's it's definitely true. Splash Mountain has some indoors. That's true too. Most of the Splash Mountain queue is uh, is indoors. Yeah, Smuggler. That is uh, a that is another one. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mo- almost most of that. Is, I mean, I guess that initial area in the uh, when you're walking around the Falcon is like open. Yeah. But yeah, after that, it's all indoor. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, I mean, just like what we've been talking about with uh rise of the resistance, that's another, like almost all of that is, well, I guess, I guess that's not true. They've got a ton of queue space and overflow queue outside, 
That's not, that's, yeah. that's definitely true. They can that's a, that's enough to corral people. But still, it's going to change that experience. It's going to be really weird, like you said. It's going to be really weird once you uh, kind of wait outside and then they just give you a thumbs up and you just like walk through the Indiana Jones queue all the way to your Jeep or you walk all the way to your taxi cab or, you know, whatever. Strange. It's going to be a very different Space, experience. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. That's Space Mountain's like such a weird queue too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's in that old kind of plaza area. And then uh, once you get inside, it's it's awesome. Yeah. But uh, but that outdoor area is bonkers. It's so weird that it's so it feels so plain outdoors, and then you then you go inside, and then you're like you're transported into the future of of Space Mountain, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a it's a very kind of jarring experience. Although I loved it during yeah. around the the 65th a- anniversary, they had all those like images from the park when it first opened uh oh that's cool and, and that yeah. was so nice See, seeing all those like old timey rides i was like i mean obviously there's safety concerns that's why they're probably not having those anymore but uh uh it would have been interesting to to ride some of those rides at some point <laughs> yeah totally man uh, yeah, Space Mountain's funny. I always feel like whenever I get a fast pass to Space Mountain and go through the uh, the fast pass queue, feels like I've taken a wrong turn and I'm in like the outdoor area of a convention center. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, am I in Disneyland anymore? Or am I in the Anaheim Convention Center for like you know the uh, American Carpet Society or something <laughs> like that? Yeah, I, uh, I hear you. But uh, so that'll that'll be an interesting one. Definitely going to change the way that. Uh, that we that we at least uh, enter all of these rides. Then also, uh, loading procedures must must be adjusted to allow for social distancing. So that kind of cluster that you always get of people at the exit, especially on like Splash Mountain, if someone gets soaked or a few people get soaked and they're kind of slow to leave the uh, the log. Yeah, that could get that could get a little messy. But um, but again, fifteen percent capacity might make things a little bit easier. I actually appreciate that one because I need extra time to get out of those things. Oh yeah, yeah, the log <laughs> or the yeah. uh, especially on like Matterhorn. The log. Matterhorn. I feel like I'm always being rushed. Well, I'm I'm not even going to attempt to go on the Matterhorn <laughs> again until they like fix that seat so I can fit in yeah. it. Because uh, but anything I'm getting into like a smaller car. I need I need time to get out of that thing because I got squished into it, but yeah, I'm I'm larger than average, so I need a little more time to get out of it. I always feel like I'm like, okay, ready? I'm like planning my escape out of the seat. <laughs> like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm first I'm gonna like lift this thing up, and then I need to uncross my feet so I can actually get up, and then I need to you know just. It feels a little rushed to me. Give me more time. <laughs> and I don't know how many times, you know, I, I try and be courteous to get out in, in, in enough time. But it's like, sometimes I'm like, mm, y'all need to just wait. <laughs> it seems like the last few times I've been on Space Mountain, the uh, the ride operator that's like in charge of loading and unloading is a beast. Like he is like shuffling people through and just trying to hustle everybody 
come on. All right, everybody on. Okay. Everybody up, 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 up. It's like, whoa, man. Like that again, those are like little, little ride vehicles that I'm squeezing into. It's, uh, yeah, it's always a little anxiety, man. A little anxiety getting on and getting off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the other thing too, uh, that was in the, uh, theme park guideline update, no indoor dining. So, uh, blue Bayou is not going to be operating. Mm. I don't think there are very many other indoor dining only places within Disneyland. Most places at least have a little bit of outdoor dining space, but that, uh, again, 15% capacity might not be that big of a deal or they should have plenty of outdoor dining spaces and maybe they could do something. Maybe some of that blue Bayou menu can come over to, Cafe Orleans or even even more than what's already on there. And uh and they can do it that way. But yeah, at least at least in this phase, it's uh that's gonna be the one that's I think gonna be the 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 hardest hit. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think you get like I doubt they'll bring anything more over than what they already have over there, but because, uh, I mean cafe uh Blue Bayou is it's the experience of sitting in there and i think also you undervalue the the actual experience if you bring over the food yeah i mean they already you know the gumbo uh and and stuff that's fine but i mean like their actual like entrees i don't think that's gonna that's not coming over it's the atmosphere for sure so i mean you know if nothing else it gives uh gives everyone something else to look forward to once things open up a little bit more it's gonna make that uh an even harder reservation to uh to snag when they eventually do open but uh but yeah man so other than that it's pretty much the same tier two requirements that we have seen before so again like we said 15 percent capacity masks social distancing everywhere uh it seems like it's going to be a pretty much outside of what we talked about pretty similar experience to what we've been seeing at disney world but uh but man now we just gotta wait for those details Everything else, what's the reservation system going to look like? I mean, other than the complete just shit show that it's going to end up being no matter what. But mm-hmm. uh, but we want those details. When is everything going to go on sale? What's the process going to look like? Is park hopping a thing? Is it not a thing? Is it, uh, you know, if I get, if uh, if I'm only able to get one day at a time, I'm not able to to double up in any way. Does that mean that like oof, Disneyland is going to get slammed immediately and then everyone else is going to have to shuffle over to DCA, which of course they're still going to do. But uh but yeah, I mean, obviously Disneyland's going to be the hot ticket in town, especially with Touch of Disney going on, which Henry all you have been living vicariously through a lot of other people that have put up these reports and images and videos online, dude, what, uh, what's the word on touch of Disney? How, how are people feeling? Sounds, sounds from everything I've seen, people are really, really enjoying it. And that's something that like, I think me and uh, Lori would really, really enjoy. I mean, it's, it's basically they, they did a, a uh, food and wine festival, but instead of, it all being all new dishes, they basically did some new dishes and a lot of like the old, like people's old favorites from Disneyland they brought over uh, to for this festival. And so, and you've got 
not necessarily the full reign of the park, but a lot of the park you can walk through. Um, you can't walk up to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, but you can get pretty close. And uh, it looked like quite a few of the the uh, old uh, kind of restaurants and shops were were pretty much open to some capacity. Um, so yeah, overall, everybody I've, I've watched uh, reporting on it has really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's a lot of, it's like we were saying at the beginning is just like, we've been like cut off for so long. Uh, I, one of the reports I saw, the woman was basically breaking down into tears. Like <laughs> she yeah. is, having her Monte Cristo and is just like, yeah. it's been so long since I've had this. And I'm, you know, it, you know. I'd, br- I'd, I'd break down too. If I, if I had a Monte Cristo in front of me, yeah, <laughs> I'd buy that. It, um, and the, and their food sizes are, are more, uh, smaller portions, but, uh, you know, it still was like, uh, you know, in, when you get the Monte Cristo, you usually get like four pieces, which is almost like two sandwiches. I think, uh, you only get two pieces. So it's like one sandwich. So it's still fairly uh, a good amount. And, uh, and everybody's loving Walt's chili. Um, there are some things that some people have said, uh, a little bit, you know, uh, I guess they have like a mimosa pack, which is like, Seventeen dollars, and they were like, "Yeah, that's a little bit much." Apparently, Lamplight Lounge has been like booked solid. I think right. in, initially, initially they said that they were going to allow like walk-ins at day of to come in and uh, and actually like maybe they would get a reservation if you walk in. But at least on the Saturday, they were not even entertaining walk-ins. It was like reservations only. So, um, but everything I've seen as far as the food looks spectacular. Uh, they had a number of like, uh, like little setups. Like they had some of Luigi's cars out for you to take pictures with. They had, uh, some of the, uh, the cars themselves. You had, uh, Lightning McQueen, you had uh, Mater, and then of course you had uh, you had Goofy, you had Max. Uh, they had uh, they had Mickey and Minnie. Uh, I think Pluto was out, and even uh, uh, the uh, Inside Out. They had um, uh, Sadness, Sadness. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. Sadness. Yeah, yeah the blue one, right? Yeah. She was out, yep. so they have a lot of the like, like uh, socially distanced kind of meet and greets. You know, you, you're basically taking a picture of them from way at afar. They had like Donald uh, at the uh, Grand California <laughs> out of a window, like literally from a balcony <laughs> from nice. one of the rooms, like waving at people. I was like, okay, now that's a little bit. It, that's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> like that's just too far, man. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's mean. I was like, why are you going to do that to Donald? So, um, <laughs> they, I think they had Chip and Dale, like, uh, uh, scampering through the, like the woods. Uh, uh, so 
it was a lot of stuff to take uh take in and take pictures of and and everything and then um i even saw some videos on uh on the taste of universal and um and people were enjoying that but it seemed like while people were saying that the uh touch of disney was like a full day experience. Matter of fact, I think they were saying that there wasn't enough time in the day to experience mm. it all. They were all like rushing to get stuff done towards the end. Uh, the taste of Universal was like a half day uh, needed. Like you got done, they most got done in about, I think, four hours. They were well done with what was available. Sure. But I did that hear sense. that they're expanding it. Uh, oh yeah because uh, right now you're just up in the upper lot but i think they're going right. to expand it down to the lower lot opening up uh the jurassic park uh eatery down there and uh mm-hmm. and some stuff uh they're gonna have some transformers out which there you is go. actually pretty cool because those guys are actually pretty funny <laughs> if you watch them um <laughs> Oh man, they they, like, they crack on people pretty good sometimes. <laughs> They're pretty good. Um, so even on you, Henry? <laughs> no, not on me. But I've seen them crack on people. <laughs> They're pretty good. Um, mm. But from what I've heard, though, a lot of people were saying that the well, the size of the food you get from uh, Universal's is is pretty big. Because um, yeah, so it's. Like you can get your like use since you're getting the five uh, different foods that you get for the coupon that or the card that they give you when you buy your ticket, you can use that to get a lard lad donut. Yeah, is, that's legit. I mean, right there, that's that's full on legit, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, so it it. It seems like either one you go to, you're good. You know, like you're gonna have a, a a good time. I don't think they had the the photo ops at, set up at uh, Universal, which I think is a miss for them. They could definitely have should have had more things set up, and I think that's what they're trying to fix with at least mm-hmm. when they're opening up the down uh, the lower lot. But they didn't seem to have as many uh, photo opportunities, which they should have. They should have moved some yeah. Fast and Furious cars up and and had more yeah. characters around. Um, uh. So, I mean, they like the only one, the only character that I saw that they had out, and or at least in the video, was the Hello Kitty. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, they had other things that they definitely could have brought out, and I think that would have. I think I did see like a few minions, and I think there was they had Donkey right out doing his thing too. I, I didn't see that in the videos. They didn't show those that. guys. But yeah, it would make. Oh, I did see Homer. I did see Homer. There you go. But they were like, gotta have Homer. They were calling out, like, I guess some photo opportunities, which, I mean, given they were photo opportunities, but they're photo opportunities of the upper, from the upper lot down onto the lot. And, and it wasn't like they brought out like stuff that was like from the lower lot out for people to take pictures with. And mm. at, uh, at Disney, California Adventure, they had that uh, Roz. That big thing from uh, from 
Monsters Inc. Uh, out to take pictures with. So they had a lot more things that they they moved into uh, the park for people to specifically take pictures with. Sure. Um, yeah. So, but either one, it sounded awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's just like what you and I were talking about, like right before uh, hitting the record button here. It's just like, you know, people are so starved for things to do. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's uh, it's just, you know, a couple of things uh, you can add a, add to your list. They just so happen to be in theme parks, which, you know, a lot of people like going to. And, uh, you know, you get a little little good food, uh, maybe maybe some of your favorite treats from especially like Disneyland. Like that. Nothing, nothing wrong about that. And, uh, you know, for everyone like myself that was feeling not so great about not being able to attend, uh, specifically Touch of Disney, dude, the parks are opening in a few weeks now anyway. So it's like, all right, well, I'm going to have a chance to get a, uh, a ticket for one of these days coming up here in the hopefully not too distant future. So meh, takes the bad taste out of my mouth a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it helps a little bit, but... You know, seeing how 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 low the uh, like while I'm sure they were like they were sold out, it still was like the the capacity was like was so nice. Like people aren't overly crowded around. You can kind of like take your time and stroll through. That was totally that totally would have been me and Lori's jam right there. Just being able to walk around and and eat and take in the sights. You know, I mean. That's, I mean, rides would definitely make it better, but still would have been pretty good. Dude, it's just, it's like a nice warm blanket of theme park ambiance. Nothing, like I said, it's, you gotta be, you gotta be uh, a pretty big grump in order to not be happy just with that by itself. So yeah, it's, uh, sounds like good times. I'm glad that they made that happen. And, uh, and yeah, man, but the crazy thing too, man, can you believe that in a week where we're talking about theme parks open for food festivals, uh, an open, a reopening date for Disneyland, and the confirmation and just some of the stuff that's going to ha- be happening for Halloween Horror Nights 30, none of that is the biggest news of the week, man. Because when it rains, it pours. We just, this last week, Got an announcement from Disneyland putting forward a plan to expand Disneyland Park, Disney California Adventure theme park, and downtown Disney in what is being called Disneyland Forward. No space between the two. Disneyland Forward. Disneyland Forward. <laughs> that's what it's that's that's what it's called. So this initiative includes additional space for more shops restaurants, and even rides. But before we even get into what this thing really is, it's probably worth just quickly touching on what it definitely isn't. So it's definitely not a third theme park. It's not another gate. It's going to be additions to the two parks that are already there, additions to downtown Disney. And then there is like a little shopping district that we'll we'll touch on uh, as well. But that's really what this project is. It's just expansions. And also, this isn't so much a traditional plan as it is a, uh, it's a bit of a hype piece. So 
There's a lot of ideas that are discussed without any of them really being concrete. And Disney is, is, is coming forward basically saying, hey, we don't have the city of Anaheim's approval and we're not even going to be seeking that until 2023. So there's still tons of time before they even start to get into the approval phase, let alone the planning, let alone breaking ground, let alone announcing like what it actually is going to be there. So, and just to set expectations, of course, just to turn the temperature down because it's like, it's hard not to get super through the roof pumped up about this certainly wouldn't be the first time. And it's not going to be the last time that Disney comes forward with these big blue sky plans that then eventually fall through. And in fact, in Anaheim, we've, we've been seeing that a little bit the last few years. So we'll, uh, we'll see, but for the time being, this is pretty exciting. This is awesome stuff. So, um, so what is Disneyland forward now that we know what it isn't, it is pretty much Disney announcing that they have an intention to expand really the boundaries of Disneyland resort. So, uh, I guess the last time that they had established this was in the early nineties in terms of where technically the border of the park is. And so in order to expand out what is kind of designated the theme park, they have to uh, seek approval for this. And, um, and so, they have included a couple of images that show that these new areas would start to take place down at that Simba parking lot, which is across from DCA below Paradise Pier. And it's going to extend all the way up to the parking lots above the Disneyland Hotel. So uh, in, 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 in just trying to, you know, explain the imagery of here, so think of, it goes from the bottom of Disney California Adventure. It shows like to the right of this expansion is Paradise Pier. So it's kind of the bottom of California Adventure all the way to maybe like the first third of Disneyland Park. There, there wasn't a lot of imagery showing kind of where it's going to hit, but really it's that, it, it's it, it's those two parking lots. If you If you're familiar with the Disneyland Resort, That'll designate exactly what this is uh, what this is going to take up. So it's going to be completely parallel to both parks. It's going to be right there. It's going to intersect with downtown Disney. It's going to kind of encompass and engulf, I guess you could say, the Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier, and uh, and the I guess the non park portion of the Grand Californian as well. So. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the, and the way that they've also visualized it is it's kind of one large rectangular space and it's really cut into three slices with Disneyland taking up a majority of the top half, DCA taking up a majority of the bottom half. And then there's like a slight sliver in the center, which is a California, which is a downtown Disney extension. So Again, mostly dedicated to the theme parks with um, a slight little bit for kind of shops and restaurants and the hotels that are already pretty much uh, there. Then there's also, like I had mentioned earlier, there is a second smaller shopping area that's also mentioned in this Disneyland forward proposal that um, that's being shown 
kind of diagonally across the parks uh, from South Harbor. So again, this is this is another parking lot, the uh, Toy Story parking lot. Um, and uh, again, like it's it is really blue sky. They do have concept art. Uh, and so it features like a, a small hotel with plenty of shops. They've described it as kind of a vibe that uh, that Disney Springs in Orlando has. Um, but they do call out like, hey, there's a possibility for some kind of theme park presence of something. I mean, I don't know what that would be. It seems like there's maybe a spot for a ride or something like that. Don't know what kind of ride that would be. Don't know if it would be like an experience like the Void or Disney Quest or something like that. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so there's something there. It seems like I think there's been a lot of theory around just like, well, is this more of, uh, it's positioned kind of right across from the Anaheim Convention Center. So this is for maybe convention goers that want restaurants, maybe a little bit of shopping, but maybe don't want access to the full theme park and don't want to go through the hassle of downtown Disney. That would make sense. Um, it does seem a little strange and kind of out of place, but I don't know, whatever, man. It's there. It's part of Disneyland forward, at least as of now. Um, so again, just uh, worth reiterating, Disney is purposefully not being clear as to what is going into this space as much as they're just asking everybody or or more specifically the Anaheim City Council to just think hypothetically like, well, anything could go into these kind of expansion spaces, right? So they list uh, the frozen land that's currently being built in Hong Kong, Tokyo, and Paris parks. They list the Tangled and Peter Pan-inspired lands, like what's coming to Disney Sea currently. And then they list the Tron ride and the Zootopia land, um, like what's already coming to Shanghai. So yeah, it's, it, a lot is being said here about very few details, but, but it is super crazy to just think of those possibilities here, Henry Hall. I mean, what was your take on this? My immediate take was like, hmm. Tron ride. Well, they threw out so many different like examples that, yeah, it's like, well, it's, it could be anything. And that's basically what they're saying. It could be anything. Uh, I think they're kind of trying to like, um, well, I think as we've seen during this pandemic, uh, particularly in in the Anaheim area, I think this is the pandemic has basically opened up people's eyes to how important the Disneyland theme park is to the area. So this is a perfect time for Disney to like get like the city council on their side, see what, you know, like what happens when we're shut down, you know, all these people suffer. So when we do what do well, the whole area does well. So this is the perfect time for them to kind of try and like, at least try and get them. And I think this is more of what they're trying to do, get them to change some of these, like um, I guess rules that they had, put in place in like the 90s i believe uh where like uh they changed like what some of that land could only be used as like this can only be a parking lot this can only be like hotel like you know they designated those areas for that and i think 
Disney wants those opportunities to be available to them if they want to use it as an expansion for the park. Doesn't like you said, doesn't necessarily mean, I mean the the plans could fall through, but I think they want to have that ability without the the city putting the kibosh on it. Yeah. Oh, t- totally. Yeah. And and it's like the the positive um kind of side of the coin of what you're saying too is just sort of like the Disney, they're positioned in a way to approach Anaheim at a point where just like all cities around the country are hurting economically and need job opportunities and, you know, need investment. And Disney is like right here basically saying, hey, uh, we're going to bring more jobs. Uh, you know, this is, they've said, they said specifically on that, uh, Disney forward website, it's a privately funded kind of, uh, a venture here. So it's not going to require public dollars. So don't worry about that. It's going to continue to boost the economy. So like, yeah, why not, man? <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, to be fair is like, yeah, they're basically saying like, all the right things, but you know, there, there definitely could be something in there in the background that you're not really thinking of that. Oh, that was a sly one. Because like you said, they said, we're not going to be asking for public, you know, funding for any of this stuff. We're not even using, like, we're not even trying to expand to like land. We don't already own. It's like, we already own this. It's like, so why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you like let it, you just, just let us have this. There's probably some some kind of gotcha in there that we're not thinking of, but I think for the most part, I think they want to have that those rules change so they can when it comes to like when they do want to expand, they can just do it. And and this is this is a good time to do that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's definitely striking while the iron's hot. And, you know, so the question that I had while reading this specifically uh, and just seeing how intentionally vague things are, uh, you know, again, like a random kind of thought that I had was like, how much of this has been in the plan? Because certainly the challenge of kind of expansion space has, has always been an issue with Disneyland, right? I mean, so the reason that DCA is as small as it is because it was basically mm-hmm. a, a you know their main parking lot that they uh, converted, and that's the size that they had to work with. So that's the size that they went with. And uh, and there's always been this question of like, well, if you're going to expand now, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> What's the plan for any kind of future expansion? Because at a certain point, I mean, you do need just kind of more space to spread out, right? Like, there's only so much space that they have to work with which isn't an issue over in Orlando. They have such a massive amount of area, but definitely is a major issue in Anaheim. So certainly, I mean, this has been a question I have to imagine that they've been exploring for years, if not decades. Uh, but the but but also, like, how much of this is kind of was in the works already and how much of this is a reaction to just kind of the, the, the pandemic and the times that we live in and the economic realities that, uh, that everyone is facing. It's like, eh, you know, with everything being as vague and them being like, well, we're not even going to submit this till 2023. It's like, uh, you know, you wonder like, is there actually anything behind this or is this really 
the hype piece. This is like the bubble gum and, uh, and popsicle sticks that then they're going to be like, no, this is actually going to be a thing we promise. But like, this is kind of the, the bright, shiny kind of pitch that we could pull together in the last three to four months. Yeah. I think they probably had something like, you know, they're workshopping ideas and they probably like, where could we go with this at some point? And they did this probably a while ago and they just have this plan stashed away idea I, I don't think they came up with anything specific for this time because I think they would have probably called out something a little bit more specific if they had an actual plan. Um, they would have been a little bit more specific. I don't think they want to be too terribly specific on what it is because that kind of limits them with, uh, with their future. Um, so I think... I don't think they really had anything. Yeah. Well, and the the other theory that I had read, which is uh, which is which is which is an interesting one, is that um, you know part of the challenge with uh, these previous construction projects and efforts and plans that they've presented that have been shot down in the past specifically had to do with you know the uh, the local neighborhoods that are around Disneyland. I mean, Disneyland is smack dab in the middle of, you know, the Anaheim neighborhood. There's like houses all around the area uh, and apartments all around the area. So um, the challenge that they've had is that they've had, that they've had uh, kind of neighborhoods and neighborhood associations basically vote down a lot of their, and put pressure on the city council to vote down um, a lot of these things that maybe they felt are going to be too noisy or going to be too distracting or ruin the skyline or, or whatever their concern was going to be that it would have kind of an impact on their their day-to-day lives living in the neighborhood of Disneyland. Um, that's been an issue for them. And so the theory was the benefit of being as vague as they've, they are right now is that there's literally nothing to kind of bite at, back at, right? Like they have nothing to kind of grasp right now and criticize. And maybe as things kind of come into play, um, and things become a little more clear, th- there will be, but, you know, the benefit of kind of, of not having much to go off of is that, you know, maybe they do start to release some things and they go and, and they get criticisms. It makes it very easy for them to, to kind of rework it <laughs> when there's just not a lot there and not a lot kind of, uh, uh, concrete. It's just, you can be very flexible about that kind of stuff. Um, the the other thought that I had while looking at this, and uh, I read it, I read it a few different places as well, is that it, it is kind of like so. The initial reaction is like, "Whoa, cool, man! Like more Disneyland in DCA. That's awesome." Uh, which is certainly on on the surface. I, I was a little, I was a little deflated when I saw that uh, it was they were pretty much all rides and experiences that like we have at other places, everything that they listed out, the kind of blue sky stuff is like, Oh, this is just the tangled ride at Hong Kong or the, you know, uh, Tron ride at here. Like Tron ride sounds awesome, but like for a Disneyland expansion, I, uh, I would hope for, uh, well, two things I would hope for, like some new stuff <laughs> that we haven't seen before, but maybe we can get, of course, again, this is, is 
possible wasn't called out as like, well, this is what it could be. And the other thing is that it doesn't like a lot of, and this is the case even with the kind of concept art that they've showed. It's not like lands as much as it seems like a hodgepodge of these kind of big ticket e uh, e ticket rides, right? Like it's just, it's not like a cohesive kind of experience that they're selling. It's like a best of from other parks. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily, I mean, they did call out those rides and stuff, but I don't know. I I think if they actually did mm. move forward, it would be a land. It it just, yeah. or they would expand a land in there. So I don't think they would just do a, like a hodgepodge of rides. Cause I think, I think they, I mean, they could do that, but I think they do better when it's a actual land. I, I don't think they would do, I think they would make it a land, but that's, I think they're being vague because it may never be an actual land. You know, they're just trying to throw out their big things that say, look at what this place is getting over here. Look at this place is getting over here so that they get that kind of like, Hey, I want to have that over here, you know, getting that jealousy of those other locations of getting those, uh, popular or perceived to be potentially popular attractions that Disneyland's not going to get because that's true. And and it is something tangible, right? Like in a, in a, in a, in a otherwise complete fluff piece that doesn't give you anything. Those are like the few little nuggets that you're like, Oh, I actually have a point of reference of what, you know, uh, the Tron coaster is. I have a point of reference of what, this new Peter Pan experience is going to be, or at least I am as soon as it's going to be, uh, as soon as it comes out and over at Disney sea. So like, those are at least concrete things that you can chew on a little bit and does get your imagination going. So that's true. I mean, that's, it's a good point to think of it as like scope versus like, um, versus like these literal kind of, you know, I guess, I don't know, copycats, but, um, so that's good. Yeah. The, the, the other thing I do yeah. like, and I'm curious how they're going to do this, is uh, it does mean that all three Disneyland hotels are completely inside the parks now, at least according to, again, the uh, concept image that we that we saw. So it's like, even though they're, own, even though they're in their own little areas, they're no longer kind of like hanging out uh, in a parking next to a parking lot or sandwiched in a parking lot or like the Disneyland hotel now is like way on the far outskirts of the, uh, the resort space. It's actually now, or it would be now kind of nestled within this expansion, which, uh, which is cool. I like that, 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 that makes it a little more attractive and feels a little less like you're staying at like a really overpriced <laughs> kind of standard hotel, which, uh, which at least uh, Disneyland Hotel kind of has a little bit of that vibe, of course, that has the history and the pedigree. But certainly, Paradise Pier needs a little something because, man, that uh, you're paying a lot for what you're getting. Yeah, and then they can also charge you more since it's totally <laughs> in the park, yep. or at least they could they could give you like you know, hey, now here's a park view. Uh, room so it we can charge you more for this view, for this room definitely true but as we know 
as with all things Disney parks, uh, they're always going to charge you more. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, the other kind of crazy thing is like, man, losing a lot of parking lots here, guys. Like they did mention that there's this kind of like a transportation uh, kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, kind of uh, uh, building that's going to be built that does include a little bit more parking. Uh, and that is similar to, I guess in 2017, they had a similar uh, pitch to the city council that got rejected specifically because um, it, it, it was to be constructed on the other side of Harbor opposite of the entrance, uh, uh, even like uh, a little bit further from the uh, not, it's not going to take place in the businesses, but you know, it's wherever that it's not toy story. It's whatever that other parking lot is on the other side of Harbor, but they were going to build a sky bridge to cross over from the parking lot over Harbor and all the businesses down there and the businesses were not big fans of that. Yeah. They, were, <laughs> they wanted they that gonna, foot traffic. Yeah. They weren't going to get the foot traffic that they normally get anymore. So Captain Kids Buffet or whatever that's called is, was not having any of that. Sounds right. Something like that. It's, it's one of those things you've seen it a trillion times, but, uh, you know, seen you're, a trillion you're, times, doesn't, doesn't, never eaten there. No, never. <laughs> Wouldn't dare. Have not heard good things. My dad actually one time went into it and we went to see like, look to see like what they actually had. And it was, it just did not look appealing. <laughs> what did they have? They had proximity. Well, I mean, yeah. Hey man, I mean, it's in business. So somebody's got to go there. Yeah. Somebody's eating there. <laughs> man. Well, we'll see it. Uh, it is one of these things, man. It's so far out. It's hard to get too excited about it, but. It is definitely like, man, so they announced this opening and then boom. Oh, and by the way, get ready. Buckle up, everybody. More Disneyland. Never a bad thing. Oh, I definitely like the idea that at least they're like talking about like an expansion just because now that they have uh, Galaxy's Edge, you had Cars Land, and then we're going to have Avengers Campus, you know. What's next? What would the next land yeah. be? And I, I would imagine with having these three like lands that they've they've made, the next one should be like a blockbuster because all the learnings that they get from these three should just the fourth should just be amazing. To be fair, I would not mind a Zootopia land. <sighs> Henry, I'm I'm uh, I'm really disappointed that that. <laughs> sentence didn't end with uh the new tomorrowland that is well, that's really what this should have been that was my other big disappointment it was like you know you've got a completely busted area of your current theme park how how about we expand the the broken stuff first <laughs> let's fix the well that's not expanding that's redoing no, no. and that that i think they could they could do at any point or at least i don't know oh, come on how dare you how dare you yeah i mean if i'm gonna if i'm gonna wish for a land like i would say like zootopia go to dca and then and then disneyland gets its own tron land i'm telling you man that's that should be new tomorrowland should be heavy that's tron separate from inspired but no, uh you got you got Tron Land and you have Tomorrowland. They're separate. Well, I mean, I guess that could be in the expansion here. 
And in fact, I mean, this, the thought that I had when reading Tron Coaster is this is the only opportunity that Disneyland has to get Tron Coaster uh, uh, on the West Coast. It's not, it's not happening if it's not in this expansion. Mm, I don't know. I think it still could happen if they finally like get down to business and, and re redo the Tomorrowland, which desperately needs to be done, but it's going to be tough because you know, so many people are going to fight that, ex- that change because, well, at least you can't, you can't get rid of space mountain and who, 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 Who's going to fight that change? I think just the uh, fans, you know, they I'll fight, send them my way. <laughs> I'll fight them. Cause nobody, wa- they're not going to want to see uh, space mountain. To be fair. I, I would like to see space mountain r- remain. Um, and there's no chance that they're getting rid of space mountain. No. I think space mountain is, is arguably the one thing that is, is safe no matter what. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, definitely, I I mean, unless they're going to move it, I think Star Tours needs to stay. Uh, they could definitely redo the uh, Autotopia and the uh, the submarine, and even Buzz Lightyear could could go as long as it's for like doing a new Tomorrowland. So you bring up a very good point. I I heard a hot take that the more I think about it, the more I still I'm still not 100% here thinking that this is actually could happen. But the more I think about it, the more I think it's it, it is a high possibility. So hot take specifically had to do with the submarine ride, and they basically were theorizing. Under these guidelines, and just given the fact that the submarine ride is a 10-minute ride through COVID country, <laughs> uh, that it is not going to reopen with the park, which I believe just in general. Like, I think that's probably – it's just not a ride that you can work with given the conditions of – I mean, maybe I guess it could. But anyway, hot take is it's not going to reopen. And uh, it never will reopen. That this is this is the end for the submarine ride. Hmm. That's a good possibility. I could I could see that happening. That just take this as an opportunity to uh, to do something else with that 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 area. Right. It's just like it. It is. It's one of these rides. Like they've closed it once before. <laughs> And, and uh, people brought it back from the dead because they petitioned that it come back. And they've, it has this weird Finding Nemo thing. It's still one of these rides that is, I mean, we've talked about it before, but it's one of those rides that exists uh, purely because it's one of those Walt Disney rides that he kind of worked on and is like classic Disneyland that is, uh, you know, it is it is very close to being in that untouchable category. It's not there clearly because, you know, it's uh, it's been canned once before, but it, it it's definitely within spitting distance of untouchable. And so it's like, it, meanwhile, it's not it's not super popular. 
unless you're like, you know, a younger kid or you haven't ridden it, or you're just an older person that has fond memories of it, which, you know, is legitimate, but still it's not like, it's not like a, it's not a burner. People are not, uh, you know, those lines aren't crazy long for it. There's not tons of anticipation for it. It, it, it is super expensive to maintain, right? <laughs> you have like an underwater ride that uh, that has like, you know, needs to be repainted and has, you know, just all sorts of maintenance, specific maintenance needs. Uh, so yeah, like if you, it, it, and like may not be able to be open because of the, the current conditions that we're all in. So, you know, it's like, I, I feel like A, if they were ever, thinking about closing it and repurposing that space. They're going to do it now. And if it survives, if Disneyland reopens on the 30th and the submarines are rolling, uh, I think that thing is here to stay. I, I don't, I don't see what other circumstances other than like, I don't know, like, like, yeah, the someone, 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 you know, pooped in the pool and so we got to drain it and now we don't want to refill it because we're in a drought sorry everybody like yeah gotta, i think gotta it's, be closed. it makes sense that like one yeah i don't think it's going to open with the park uh and it is you you brought up a really good point on the the expense of maintaining it because not just like you know the maintenance of like but refilling it because i imagine like during the summer the water level must go down quite a bit and for water that's gonna in in drought conditions of course too it must take still you're probably adding quite a bit of water to that thing so um yeah it makes sense that it closed especially considering like i know a lot of people you know, you grow up with it, but they've changed it so much that it's no longer the same ride that I grew up with. You know, that Finding Nemo thing was yeah. such a disappointment to me when I went and when I wrote it. Now at last, now like, yeah, what is this? It's like yeah, I can go home and watch Finding Nemo. Nemo. Why am I going to get in the submarine to watch a bunch <laughs> of screens of Finding Nemo? while I'm uncomfortable in this enclosed area. So like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, we'll see. I, like I said, it's, it's the more I think about it, the more it's like, listen, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. And if it doesn't, then, you know, put it on the untouchable list because it's, it's there. It's just, I don't know what other opportunity yeah. you're going to have. I but, see more, uh, I see yeah. more of an argument for we'll Autopia see. being untouchable than for the submarines. Yeah, I I legitimately think Autopia is untouchable. I it, completely. Uh, you know, it it it's one of those rides that like is it other theme parks, it, it, other Disney theme parks. It is a it is an opening day attraction, and uh, you know that if opening day attraction is, is makes you untouchable. If you're still around now, you're not mm. going anywhere. Like I think there, and, and I think there are more opportunities that you can do with that to make it feel fresh. And maybe even you still could reduce that footprint of that ride down a little bit and still, you know, maintain its sort of like kind of classic status. But uh, I mean, they got to do something. Yeah. It's a pretty nasty ass ride right now, but, uh, but still, yeah, no, I agree. It's, I, I 
I legitimately think Autopia is untouchable. I, I, I it will never go anywhere. Yeah. It needs to be updated. But yeah, I mean, as as a kid and even older, it still has so much like fun to it and whatnot. Um, but the submarine is just yeah. I mean, if it was if it was like it was back in the day, I'd be more on board with maybe it's untouchable, but changing it to the finding Nemo just killed it. Mm, it's true. All right, big dog. That just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch the Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, hit that like button. This has been episode 49 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Till next time, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. Maybe we'll have a big, even more big Disney announcement coming up. Maybe. Happy Easter, everybody. (laughs) Happy Easter. Looking forward to it. Bye. Bye.